0: gonna be just like senior year except for funner hey listeners we have something a little different for you this week we had the chance to chat with the one and only jody sweeten aka stephanie tanner and the combo was so good we thought we'd drop it to you as this week's episode enjoy hey everyone i'm tendra and i'm Mercedes, and we're so excited to be chatting with jody sweeten today Yes, hey.
1: everything about her work as an actress to her work as a full time activist, podcaster, and so much more. And of course, we have to grill her a little bit about Full House. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. Welcome, Jody, to podcast. Hi. <laughs> hey, you guys. How are you? Wonderful. So how are you good. doing? Oh I am doing fantastic today. I uh was um uh, just doing a little wedding planning here this oh my morning. Oh <laughs> I know. Yeah, I was doing some of that like we're getting married this summer, so it's it's gonna mm-hmm. really be very small and, and you know, nothing too crazy. But having fun picking out some you know, a few things here and there.
1: Oh, congrats. Oh, that's so fun. Oh my yeah. goodness. Jodie, I have, I feel like we have so many questions to ask you about love, like in the love space. So we're going to have to get some lessons on you on how to how to get to the altar. Uh, oh. <laughs> well, here, let me tell you. I've that, I've done
2: the journey a couple times and uh yeah, it doesn't, you know, it takes a little bit to figure things out. But that's okay.
1: Yeah, exactly. Everything hiding. Uh. So we'd love to just start about, you know, hearing about your experience Growing up in front of the camera, we know obviously you get a lot of questions about Full House and we just feel like we have to do our due diligence to ask you. Mm -hmm. Um, But (laughs) I'm curious if you could talk a little bit about what your favorite moment on set was from Full House that you still think of today.
2: Oh, man. You know, I I don't know. And I I always say this because people were like, what was the best moment? And I'm like, I don't know if there was like a moment in particular. I wish I could always I always had like some perfect story. But I would say like growing up on the show, the thing that I always really enjoyed was like, we were a really close knit group, not just the cast, but our crew as well. Like the whole vibe on our stage was very familial. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we would be together for birthdays and around holidays and we'd have, you know, holiday parties and we'd have, you know, all this kind of stuff. And I guess it just, for me, like it just always feels so much like home. You know what I mean? Like the yeah. the moments that like I think about are, you know, sitting backstage and like gossiping with Candace and Andrea about, you know, some boy that I thought was cute on this show that I watched, <laughs> or, you know, like getting my first bike at like five years old around for Christmas time from the producers. You know, I got my first mm. bike from them. Like, you know, little things like that, that you that those are the things that I think of that aren't necessarily things that happened in front of the camera but it was Mm -hmm. like it was just my
0: my childhood like all those those hallmarks of things that happened you know with them yes (laughs) of course (laughs) I I've been a Full House fan since I can remember I mean especially Stephanie Tanner had such an impact on me to the point where there is an episode where Stephanie starts dancing and I had to start dancing so I was like she's wearing an amazing hat I I need this hat I need to start dancing Yes, the sparkly hat. Yes. I yes, know. exactly. It sweet. had yeah. such an impact. So I just wanted to know, like, what's it like knowing that you played one of the most like iconic TV comedy characters in history? I
2: mean, I, I, I'd I, say I probably don't really grasp it. It hits me sometimes where I'll think about it. I'll be like, did you went to Japan and like, people were waiting at the airport for you and like you were in a cab and your show was on dubbed in another language in another country that's weird you know what I mean like yeah
1: Yeah. and I think
2: sometimes it doesn't hit me until like really like think about it like that is not an experience that you know many people have and so Mm -hmm. wow that's pretty I mean it's pretty amazing and like knowing what an impact that Full House and Stephanie in particular has had on you know, young women my age and people growing up were my age. I mean, I just turned 40, but not only that, but then like younger generations who grew up watching reruns of, of Full House yeah. and then started watching Fuller House. And, then you know, it's, just, <laughs> it's really cool to think that that show has had such an impact.
1: Yeah. And thinking about impact and just how long you spent on the show as well. I'm curious how your view of acting has changed since your days on Full House, because obviously you were younger. It was something fresh and new and exciting. But now that you're a bit more seasoned, how has acting changed for you?
2: Well, I think, you know, as a kid, when you're doing a sitcom, like it's, you know, you're you're not thinking about character and you're not giving in a backstory or you're, you know what I mean? You're having fun. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I still love having fun on set. But now, you know, even even for Steph, like coming back and playing Stephanie as an adult, you know, I. I got to fill in some of Steph's backstory about like, well, what happened in between, you know? And I think also for Steph, you know, they gave her a great backstory with her um, journey with infertility. And so like, I filled in a lot of that stuff in between. And I think as you get older in this business, you go like, oh, it's, you know, and you take classes and you really get into what the craft and what the work is. You know, you you get to sink your teeth in a little bit more and have more fun and, you know, doing romantic comedies and. Hallmark movies and all of that kind of stuff, too, you know, and like figuring out where can I, as an actor, do something different or make an interesting choice. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Definitely. <laughs> so as an actor, do you have a method for choosing these new projects that you've been doing? How do you choose what to take on?
2: Well, I definitely like to read the script first, you know, yeah. and I... Like to work with production companies that I've worked with before, so sometimes if it's like you know group of people that I just really like working with, but you know at the end of the day, like for the the romantic comedies and stuff that I do, I'm like I just want it to be sweet. I want it to be you know much like Full and Fuller House. I want there to be a nice little ending. Everyone's happy. You know everything makes sense. But I also you know I try to bring my female characters a little bit of you know, a little bit of something strong and and, and fierce yeah. in their own right. And so I love reading scripts where, you know, it's a female small business owner or whatever. I'm like, yeah, OK, you know, all that kind of stuff. Sort of the 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 romantic comedy, you know, staples at this point. Totally. Um, but yeah, I just like to, I like to read a script that really that is sweet and that has a happy ending that is interesting, that the characters are interesting and, you know, that, that it's got a little bit of something that, you know, unexpected in it.
1: I want to know, too, from you, what exactly quantifies a positive experience while making a movie or TV show, right? Because we think about, OK, obviously, it's it's how the director treats us, how we get along with our co-stars. But right. what are some examples that you feel like people don't really think of that really create a positive experience?
2: Um, I mean, you know, having a, a hair makeup team that you really love and it sounds mm-hmm. silly and sort of, you know superficial but when your job is your head on camera and very close-up shots of it you definitely want to work with people that you trust and you're like okay I feel confident Mm because sometimes you'll start a movie you're like hi I've never met you before but you're gonna attempt to do my hair and my makeup as though Mm -hmm. I've been doing it myself you know for years and I'm gonna look really comfortable (laughs) yeah Um, and sometimes you're just like oh no you know but Mm -hmm. like you know, having a good hair makeup. For me, I love what I do. I love going to set. I love having fun. Um, I think anybody that's worked with me will tell you that one thing that we do on the set is laugh a lot. You know, it can be stressful trying to meet schedules and deadlines and this needs to happen and, you know, all kinds of unforeseen circumstances. But like at the end of the day, we're there, we're making entertainment, we're having fun. Mm -hmm. We should all be able to come together and enjoy doing something creative you know, and, and that is really kind of always my goal on set. I think that's a really great mm. goal to have. That's possible. That's,
1: that's possible. Yeah.
2: Like I, I <laughs> it's, you know, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, like I want us to enjoy what we do. Like nobody wants to come to set and be miserable. I mean, some people do not me, uh, yeah. you know, I did, I did not get up at like four thirty in the morning to roll into the hair and makeup trailer and be there for 14 hours to have a miserable day. So it's, you know, it's really? not what I did.
1: I oh. find it hard to believe, like, your last name is Sweden and you're not completely sweet on set. So
2: <laughs> I know, wouldn't it be? That would be the ultimate irony, right? Is if I was just a, just a really mean,
0: terrible person and not one. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. That joy is so important. And speaking of feeling good, we must discuss your recent movie, Just Swipe, because it's such a relatable storyline dating apps during COVID. I think Kendra and I can both attest that we have experienced this. So, how was it like making this movie?
2: You know, it was it was actually really fun because, I mean, well, that's not the, the right word. It was a <laughs> challenge. It was a challenge because we were making it still during COVID. So we were making it in uh, November of 2020. So wow. like later that year, and it was just starting to like get worse again, you know? So it was like, oh my gosh, you know, having to do this and stay in been zones and testing and all of that. That was, it was a challenge. That was the first project I'd worked on you know, post-pandemic life. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it was something that so many of my friends were going through during the pandemic is like, oh my gosh, like I thought online dating sucked anyway. And now like, now I can't even meet them in person. Now I'm only stuck to this. Like, this is terrible, you know? And and I think, I I love the story about it. You know, it's the things that you think you want sometimes are not the things that you actually need. So, so true. you know, and and I think my character kind of realized that throughout her her journey was like, oh, she thought she wanted all the external stuff, but
1: really she just wanted something that had all the all the internal stuff. Yeah, I love which it. is really important. We always talk about that, right? It's what's exactly. on the inside, not on the outside. Right. <laughs> so, fun fact, actually, Jody, I'm really good friends with Elizabeth Blake Thomas, the Ryan director. Oh yeah, yeah. I met her back in 2012 at the Cannes Film Festival, so I've known her for about a decade now. Oh um, wow, she's yeah. such a doll. <laughs> so yeah she's awesome yeah yeah Isabella too and I'm curious like what was it like working with her on this project and do you feel like there's a difference when you're making content like this between working with a male director and a female director oh yeah absolutely
2: I mean I loved working with with Elizabeth and working with a female director I mean you get you know, you just get that different perspective.
1: Yeah.
2: You know, it's funny the things that female directors that, you know, and as a female director, you know, I do, I'm hoping to direct a, a, a rom-com later this year. And then uh, I directed an episode of Fuller House and I'm doing some shadowing in a couple weeks on a, on another show. But, you know, I, I find it interesting because as women, we usually think about a lot of different things that our male counterparts don't think of or, re- you know, the way we would react or something that would maybe make us uncomfortable you know, like, we're like, oh, no, you wouldn't do that. And, you know, and male directors are like, huh? And you're like, oh, no, 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 that's not that. Yeah, yeah, no, that doesn't, you know, and again, it's just a differing perspective. But I think sometimes in romantic comedy, it's nice to get that Female perspective, because so often mm-hmm. we get the story told through. Yes, the female character is the lead, but it's still maybe a male writer and a male director, so it doesn't, you know. Yeah. And and you see those things. I mean, I I had a you know a script recently, and I was like, oh, this was definitely this was written by a man because we're so that I was like, no, definitely. yeah, that's not. No, that doesn't work. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, and, and I was like, if, a, if a dude said that to me, like that, I would run like that's creepy right. or that, yeah. you know, what I mean? like, <laughs> uh, so, you know, I always try and bring that to is like, what is that, you know, modern perspective? Because I think that, you know, the holiday movies and romantic comedies get, you know, kind of blamed for being you know, unrealistic and all of this stuff. But I think that yeah. there's ways to, I think and you know, of course we all love a good love story, but I think there's ways to kind of modernize it. And, and you know, and I think female directors are really in the place where they're
1: doing that a lot. Yeah. yeah. And I think we're starting to see that more and more with rom-coms coming out, like them being more modernized, like, yeah. you know, women taking charge in these cases. Right, but, they're right. Yeah. And you touched on, how many different hats you wear like you're getting into directing it's awesome that you're shadowing i used to work at stars and so we used to have directors come and shadow on outlander show that i worked on oh yeah yeah (laughs) did you say outlander yeah do you watch it my mother i i I did
2: watch it because my mom turned me on to it my mother is obsessed with (laughs) show, and then i got super into it and like binged all five seasons and then i was like oh my god what's happening in my life <laughs> I was like, I told you you'd like it, and yeah. like, it was gonna be like some stupid, like ridiculous, like you know, bodice ripping. But like, no, no. And then, I mean, my best friend and I would watch it, and there'd be like some really intense, like you know, sex scene, and my friend yeah. would just be like, dude this is your
1: mom's favorite show." and i'm
2: like Can <laughs> you
1: stop right now? Like, That's so funny. Oh yeah, no, that was like three years of my life. But I want to talk about you as a director. So obviously, you spent a lot of time in front of the camera. Now you're moving more towards behind the camera. Do you have a preference of acting or directing? And what fulfillment do you get out of both
0: of them?
2: I you know, I will say as I'm moving more to like producing and uh, and stuff on on some of my rom coms and things like that and wanting to direct, I am I tend to be a person whose mind work like I work in big picture ways. Mm-hmm. So I'm like I'm I'm keeping track of everything that's going on, even as an actor which sometimes can be a little bit distracting for myself because yeah. I'm like, I'm taking everything in. And I'm like, that's not, I need to stay in my lane. And like, the, you know, I need to stay in, in doing what I'm doing. But yeah, I think like, you know, I love the constant problem solving that that is happening in directing. I, I, I enjoy that. I sometimes thrive in chaos. So, you know, the more that things are, you know, needing to be changed or this is happening or that, I'm like, oh, this is great. I can handle all of it. Mm-hmm. So I I really love directing. I love what I do. I love acting. I love bringing characters to life. And you know I'd like to be able to do both for as long as I possibly can.
1: Yeah, and we're we're hoping that for you, other. <laughs> Definitely.
0: <laughs> oh my goodness! Like Kendra said, you've been wearing so many hats, and I would just love to know how it's been going from TV and film, behind the camera and in front of the camera, to also podcasting and an author and an activist, like you're all over the place. Just how is that? What's it like being in so many mediums and industries? Oh, my goodness. Well, I,
2: you know, life is certainly busy. Like I said, I'm recording my podcast here at home after this. And, you know, this morning was spent getting kids up and ready to go to school and one packed for, uh, you know, an, an East Coast trip. So like momming was on the schedule today. And, you know, it, takes a lot of organization, and some days I, it, some days I'm not great at it. Some days I'm like I'm doing too much, and I just have to do okay. You know what? I'm gonna sit down for a little while. But I, I like to be busy. I like to, you know, have my hands in lots of things and be creative. So you know, for me, being able to do a little bit of this and a little bit of that actually is is kind of perfect for me the way my brain
1: operates. I'm just, I'm so curious, Jody, how you manage your time because I feel like I do a lot of things. My hand is in a lot of different pots. Yeah. How do you, But mm-hmm. well, can you give us an idea of your schedule of like your time management skills, this, like this, anything? <laughs> yeah.
2: Staring at a wall for like 30 minutes okay. and then being like, <laughs> oh crap, I really need to write this email. Oh, I don't want to open an email. That's so much work. No, I have terrible time <laughs> management skills. Don't get me wrong. Like <laughs> uh, I have an amazing, my manager is like a lifesaver. Um, we'll be like, I just can't, I can't ask the questions. I can't do it. Like, can you do this for me? (laughs) And you know, because, because I do wear a lot of hats. So it's like, there's just a lot to be done, but no, I, I wake up, I'll get the kids ready for school. And then I come home and I like sit for an hour and a half on the couch and, you know, read the news, which is all horrifying. But (laughs) what I've been trying to get in the habit of doing is like, just don't think too much. Mm -hmm. Like don't overthink it, because anxiety lives in indecision, you know what I mean? Anxiety comes in that space of like, should I, should I not? I don't know, uh, should I get up on the couch? But I don't want, like, just, just set yourself in motion. So like, I've been trying to get back in the habit of like getting up, working out in the morning and then like showering and getting onto my day because I have been known to uh, lounge around in my sweatpants, napping on and off. And no one is judging you to read a book
0: <laughs> You're in a safe space with us with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you know
2: what? I think we all need to just slow down and like take a nap and read a book some then. so.
0: Yes,
1: exactly. I really liked what you said, like anxiety lives in indecision. I've never heard that before. And I think that's something that's gonna I'm I'm gonna use moving forward. Like that. Oh, nice. You know? Yeah. I
2: don't remember where I heard that. I'm sure it wasn't an original thought, probably a therapist of mine over the years. <laughs> I mean <laughs> but it's true. And like when I think about that, like when I think about when I get in the space where I'm like, oh, I don't uh, I'm like, it's usually because I haven't just pointed myself in a direction and taken off. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm worrying too much about what I should do, what I shouldn't do, what happens if I do this, and what if I just do it. You know what I mean? If I want to go yeah. get something done get out of the house,
1: go do it, you know? <laughs> totally. Yeah. And like, as someone in front of the camera, you have to make a lot of those decisions. Like, I need to just do it. And so right. speaking yeah. about a decision, you are in this new reality show, Beyond the Edge, that's airing now. What made you decide to do that project? And like, what what is it about reality TV that you were drawn to? You know, I'll be honest, most
2: things about reality TV, I absolutely can't stand. Yeah. There's a few shows that I like. <laughs> And I think at this point, I've now been on them all. And so I'm like, okay, I'm done with reality TV. Uh, I wanted to learn to dance. I did Dance in the Stars. Great. Yeah. Um, I'm also on Worst Cooks. Celebrity Edition which is on Food Network mm-hmm. right now. I learned to cook on yes. Awesome. <laughs> Challenge myself in the jungle. Great. Check, <laughs> but no, what really attracted me about this particular show, about Beyond the Edge, uh, was that you were competing against yourself. You know, at the end mm-hmm. of the day, there, nobody else was voting you off. You didn't have to go out and pretend to be someone you weren't in order to make these faux alliances and then be nice to someone's face. Is that like, I'm just, I don't, I, that's not me. I don't have time for that, mm-hmm. but I would love to go challenge myself out in the jungle. Right. And so yeah. knowing that really it, it was there to like build camaraderie and family and challenge yourself. Like that's what I love. I mm-hmm. love like meeting new people. Bonding together. Let's do this. We got this. Let's support each other. So
1: so Jenny, we're just gonna hop on right over to rom coms because this is the rom com room. We talk about rom coms. I want to know, like, what is your favorite rom com? First of all, we'll start with that. Mm -hmm. Oh man,
2: you know the the irony is, is I actually don't watch a lot of rom coms. I don't watch watch a lot of rom coms, and I don't watch a lot of comedy. And so, yeah, I've watched like really dark documentaries and stuff, but that's not what this podcast is (laughs) about. Well, you know what? I don't know. I like I'm trying to think of ones I even watched when I was little. Like, I don't know. Here's like this is how much of not a rom-com person I am other than like being in them and knowing them inside and out and yet not watching them. Mm -hmm. I've never seen Love Actually. (gasps)
1: Whoa. Oh, Oh, my heart. Oh, my whole heart just stopped. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's a major one. (laughs) Yeah. Wait, Jody, now you have to wait till Christmas to watch it. <laughs>
2: yeah, uh, that's, I'll, I'll do that. Sure. I'm hitting it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, do you yeah, understand no, the agrees. references
1: when people are like pulling up the <laughs> side and stuff? Like, to me, you are perfect. Do you understand those, like, where that reference comes I from?
2: I know there was a scene where he like did a thing and held up signs and okay. whatever. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, oh yeah. my got to get the full impact of it. But I've seen it enough now on social media that I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah I've seen people do that thing.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: Oh, I love that. (laughs) That's so hilarious. Yeah, so see
2: I have I have love actually to to look forward.
0: Yeah. It's a classic. It is a classic. (laughs) I really do love hearing when, like, rom-com actors are so, like, anti-rom-com in some way. like, And also just comedic actors in general are like, no, I want to watch, like, dramas. I live this. I don't need and, and I think it's almost because, like, it's
2: become so you're like, oh, I know what's going to happen. Like, you've exactly. done it so much. Like, I know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And, like, give me a good mystery because that I love when I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. But and I like I could tell you every point you're supposed to hit in a rom-com and like everything that's supposed to happen. But
1: yeah, I I couldn't tell you the last time I watched one. OK, well, then I want to touch on that then so you can okay. really dissect a rom-com. Do you have a pet peeve about rom-coms? Because I feel like there are different tropes, right, that Mercedes and I talk a lot right, about. Definitely. I mean, One of your favorites, Mercedes, is like the enemies to lovers trope. I love it. I love enemies to lovers. And I love rom-coms where you actually see them in the relationship. So it's not like they don't talk to each other and they're like still trying to figure out and then they get together at the end. But it's like when they are, you can see through their relationship. I think that's special. So Mm -hmm. what is like your rom-com pet peeve, your favorite trope, things like that?
2: I also like it when you can see the relationship. And I think just for me, the relationship is funnier. Like, that's the funny stuff. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. the, But in, in rom-coms, it's not always about funny. It's about the cute, the meat cute, right? Yeah. So exactly. Got to have that moment. But the pet peeve one for me is usually where it's like, you, somebody's come back to town for like, they're there two weeks and now all of a sudden they're <laughs> giving up their entire life back in the city. And like, what are you doing with your apartment? And like, what about your job? And so like, you know what I mean? And just most the same thing give up everything to come live in this small town because they really had forgotten what it, what love was about. And you're like, I feel like this might not work out well. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like I've done that. It's not, but you know what I mean? Like that's always why. And like, I always joke about it. Even in the movies that I do, I'm like, well, I mean, we've hit the two week mark. So basically we're having babies.
0: Exactly, we're in love. Yeah, exactly, I love it.
1: Do you have like rom-com royalties? In your mind, so like we did a whole month of J Lo because she's done so many different rom coms. We had right. people like Sonali. Then she does a lot of rom coms. Cameron Diaz. I personally, for my rom com king, I love Justin Long. He is everything to me. I, <laughs> I do. I, I like Justin Long. Long. Yeah. I, you know
2: hmm, who would be like best rom? I mean, I'm going Paul Rudd. Uh-huh. I mean, come on, it's Paul Rudd. That's it's such cool. a good one. Like, yeah, I feel like Paul too. Red would, yeah, that's, that's it. That's, yeah. That's and, awesome then, I, and then, and I also feel like Jennifer Aniston for like, Queen mm-hmm. of that. Definitely. She's killed it. Oh, right. It's such good thing. Maybe Maybe yeah. we all have as long lasting a rom-com career as Jennifer Aniston.
0: Oh, definitely. <laughs> so we know you don't watch rom-coms often, but is there any rom-com you can think of that you'd love to remake or wish you could have been in?
1: Oh. <laughs> hmm.
0: It's something you choose from. <laughs> so many.
2: Well, I guess it's not a, it's actually like an anti-Rom-Kong. Ooh. But, uh, but I'm like, no, that's actually literally the complete opposite. But this this tells you where my brain is at when you're like, think of a rom com And I think of First Wives
0: Club. <laughs> I love that movie. Oh but my gosh. gosh. <laughs> I, like, that but it's, I mean, Meryl Streep and, oh my God, that Mil- Like it's. Yeah, Bette Midler. Diane Keaton. Keaton. Diane Keaton. Yes. I mean, it's yeah. so good. It's so, it's so, it's so, it's amazing. There's music in it. There's such good comedy, like those three comedy powerhouses. It's, yeah. it's really, really funny,
2: and I. It's sort of the like the anti rom com But I, that yeah. I mean, it's hilarious. That's a great. Oh my gosh, I would, I would love. love to, that. I would totally love to remake uh, First Wives Club.
0: Yes. Oh, that that's my so list. Good. I feel left out. I have no idea. What oh my god, you have to see it. It's
1: really, <laughs> really great. It's great.
2: They like drink this potion, and it's a whole. Isn't that but that's not the one. or No, no, that's that's um, I'm thinking of the one where death she, becomes her. Death becomes her. Death becomes yes, her.
1: That's a good one, too. That's great. Yes. 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 So oh, first mm-hmm. wives, what I was thinking. Yeah. Do you see why, why I need Mercedes? Like she she's yin to my yang. <laughs> <laughs> I
2: I completely understand. I need that myself. And me and my best friend are usually both yin or both yang. And we're both just neither one can keep the other on track. I love
1: that <laughs> Jody. thank you so much before we wrap it up we just have an assignment for you obviously because you said you haven't seen Love Actually okay and it's going to be to watch it and let us know what mm-hmm. you think and report I'm, back on how I'm you still live on it <laughs> <laughs> my pleasure I'd be happy to watch it wonderful Jody. it was so wonderful talking to you thank you so much for joining us in the room absolutely
0: thanks for having me on lady. thank ladies. you so much this has okay. been awesome yeah. thanks bye bye, bye.